and people came and got to know Jesus better. I've had such a blast last week and already this morning just hanging out with you here. And so thank you for those of you in the room and for those of you online who are joining us. If you are new, we would love to get to know you and connect with you. You can fill out a connect card uh, online or you can scan the QR code to access it so that we can bring you into the life of the church. We care about real relationships with each other and with God because we know that that leads to real transformation. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this place. Thank you that you are the everlasting God. You do not faint and you won't grow weary. Lord, we pray in particular for people who need that from you, God. They need to know that you are the everlasting God. We pray in particular for the Barber family and the loss of Ralph after a long battle with cancer. God, for Holly and Chaz and Caroline and Will. Lord, as they miss their dad and as they miss their husband, God, let them be comforted knowing that Jesus is with you and that you've healed him completely in heaven. Lord, we also lift up Walker Godin's friend, Jeffrey, who suffered a traumatic brain injury. Lord, we pray for healing over his body. We pray, God, that you would move in a way that would bring complete healing and restoration to Jeffrey. Lord, for Lynn Ritchie, who is recovering from a stroke, thank you for the steps she continues to take forward. Lord, the way that you continue to heal and progress her body. For Karen Berry's father, recovering from an illness, Lord, we just pray for encouragement, that you would surround him. For Larice Garcia, God, she's been through so much these past few months, and now she's recovering from back surgery. And so we just pray, Lord, uh, that you would be near to Larice, that she would know that you're right there with her, holding her right hand. And Lord, we also, with thanksgiving, pray for the new babies who have been born into the life of this church. For Michael and Sarah Albany's daughter, Kate, and for Ashley and Jack Waters' baby girl, Charlie. Lord, thank you for the gift of new life. Thank you for these parents. We pray for wisdom for them as they seek to raise these baby girls in your name, Jesus. And for that little baby girl that we hear too, Lord, thank you for all, um, all that you're going to do this morning. Thank you for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning we have this amazing privilege. Come on in, Michelle. Y'all, come on in. It's all good. Um, we have this amazing privilege because we get to celebrate baptism right here at Wright's Gourmet. Is that not amazing? I'm sure this is the first time anybody's been <laughs> baptized at Wright's Gourmet. That I'm quite certain. But here's the cool part. All ground is holy ground. I want to make sure you hear that. All ground is holy ground. There's not a location that's more holy than another because it's all been created by God. This, this place, Wright's Gourmet, not to mention the ground under it, was created by God and declared holy. And that's why baptism this morning is holy. So please come forward. I want to invite Emily and Rob Page to bring their sweet baby girl, Abigail Reese, and big sister Elizabeth. And I want to welcome Doug and um, <laughs> we've known each other forever. This is so weird. Doug and Laura Wyatt, who are here, they're the grandparents. And I'm so, would you like to come and stand also with us? If you'll come over here. Come just this way so we can see you online as well. You're there good you right go. here, too. Yeah. 
So glad that we're all here together. And as we think about what's happening next, I want to ask a couple of questions to the two of you all. And we'll... I get to go next. Oh, okay. We'll Did do you it. forget that part? No, you go. I know the rights thing's got you twisted a little. <laughs> so we're casual at Rights Gourmet, that's for sure. I want to remind us all that baptism is both a sign of entry into the people of God and it's also the way that we enter. It's the means of entering as well as a sign of having entered. We, a real thing is happening here with this water. Now, Abigail Reese is not making this decision for herself. Her parents are making it for her, but they're going to pledge, as you are going to pledge, to help her come to decide to be a Jesus follower on her own. But something real is happening today. The great apostle Paul says in his letters that it, baptism is like being rescued from slavery in Egypt, and baptism is as like being connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus. All of that's in the text that we listen to to understand truth and reality. That's what we're doing here today. We're bringing someone into the family of faith. Yeah. So I want to ask you all a couple of questions. So Emily and Rob, as you bring little Abigail Reese for baptism this morning, would you say that you claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If so, say, we do. We do. And will you promise to teach her about Jesus Read scripture to her, pray for her, pray with her, so that she can learn what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. Say, we will with God's help. We will with God's help. And I want to ask all of you, as the body of Christ at First Pres, will you agree to pray for the Page family? And will you come alongside them for the Christian nurture of little Abigail's faith so that one day, Abigail will be able to say that Jesus is her Lord and Savior. If so, say amen. amen. I love that. All these people are going to come all around you, sweet little one. Yes. So let me take, if I can. Come here, sweet girl. Oh, come with us. Come with us. You want, to, you want your little sister, your big sister to come with you? Okay. You ready? Abigail Reese Page, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Look what God has done, and I'm going to just do a little walk about here, and I just want you all to know that you get to be the loving arms of Jesus in her life. My prayer is that you will just wrap this little girl up with, with the love of Jesus, maybe teach her in vacation Bible school or in crew, or that you'll be praying for this family and this little girl so that she will grow up knowing what Jesus' love looks like because of you. And I also pray that the blessing and the mystery of her new relationship with Jesus will bless us too. It will sink deeply into your hearts what baptism means to each of us. Yeah. So thank God for this sweet little one. Amen. Thank you. So sweet. There you go. For those of you coming in, there are seats up front. I know that's kind of 
I know that's just what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Walk right up in front of everybody right yeah. now. <laughs> and I'm making it worse. Ain't it? So two, two quick things, one from me, and that's this, just an update. We've been calling this, this thing we've been FP 2.0, in other words, First Prez 2. And we've moved, obviously, and we're on our way to the home, which will be our new home. So just so you understand what's going on, we're here for a month or so, maybe a few more weeks, and then we're going to move into the part of the property we bought that's right now getting unbelievably redone, 6,700 square feet, which will, when everything is built, it will be for children birth through fifth grade. So that's what's going on now. It's the westernmost part of the property if you want to go over there. You can see a big sign out on the northeast corner saying future home of first prez. Everything to the east of that building that's being redone will be eliminated and we'll build the new stuff that's going on. So that's just what's happening. Uh, we, are, we are on schedule to be able to get into that space and start having Sunday mornings there. We're on schedule in a month or so, maybe by the end of October, certainly by the first or second week of November. That's the way it looks right now. Anything can happen, but everything's going really well. So I wanted to make sure you knew that, and we, we will just keep you updated. And so that was what I was wanted to make sure you understood. If you have a question about it, ask me, ask Tony. Every, everybody who's on the FP 2.0 team, just raise your hand right now. It, the people who are there, Kristen's on it, and people just raise your hand. And so you can Elizabeth's ask on it, Fitz. Elizabeth is on it. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's what I wanted to make sure you understood this morning. Thank you. Awesome. On... Thursday night, October 7th, at Palmasia Golf and Country Club, we are hosting a very unique dinner party. This is for women of all ages. And what REAL stands for, which is the name of the event, is relationships, encouragement, authenticity, and laughter. Things that we all need a whole lot more of these days, for sure. Allie Worthington, who is a nationally known speaker and author, is going to be our speaker that night. She is all things fun, authentic, and real when it comes to her relationship with Jesus and other friends in her life. All you have to do is register to make sure that you can come that night. It's going to be a night full of surprises. We think it will refresh you in every way imaginable. I love what Peter said in the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He said, each of you has been blessed with God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. And then he went on to say, so use your gifts well. Well, I happen to know someone that I've been watching who has definitely been using her gifts well in the service of others. She's a member of this church, and her name is Meg Britton, and I'm going to ask Meg to come stand with me. She's semi-horrified. <laughs> but I told her I wouldn't make her say anything. You may have noticed on Instagram, knowing that Meg is an artist, that she has posted her artwork on Instagram. But perhaps you also noticed that Meg has been given 20% of everything that she makes on her art to the ministry of Matthew 25, which is First Prez's outreach to those who are hungry and homeless. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I even have surprises coming from Meg of other projects she's doing to bless all of us. 
But one of the things she said when we met on Friday was, I just want to glorify God. I want to serve others, and I want to give back to First Pres. Well, Meg, I have to tell you that you are an inspiration to all of us because you're doing exactly what Peter said. You're using one of the many wonderful blessings God has given you to serve others and to use your gift well. And I want to thank you with all of my heart. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. And here are five ways on the monitor that you and I can consider giving back to God as a way of serving others and using our gifts well. Thank you so much, and God bless you for it. You too. Y'all can stand with us. Me out of freedom into the promise. 
revealed himself <laughs> after this Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias and he revealed himself in this way Simon Peter Thomas called the twin Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going to go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. 
Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quality and quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. He threw himself into the sea. The other disciples, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, well, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him then, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to Peter, follow me. So, yeah, I'm Jesus. I know you're a little disappointed in the beer, but it's the best I could do. <laughs> and the next thing I want to say is, what in the name of me was I thinking? Did you catch that? to be wearing tied shoes on the beach. Don't do that, okay? Do not wear hard shoes, dress shoes on the beach because sand gets in them and it, you sh I should be wearing flips, but I'm not. Now, that woman that just read, Kathy, she's one of my children, and she read from one of the books about me, the Gospel of John. There are four of those books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
Four portraits, one Jesus. Make sure you understand that, right? Just wanted to make sure. Now, here I am, and I've already been crucified, and I have been resurrected. So here's one of the things I'm messing with you on purpose, because we got this thing called the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And we know that's really hard, but we don't care. We're happy for you to wrestle with it. Because we're having a great time being Father, Son, and Spirit. And we want you to humbly submit yourself to the power of this paradox, this mystery. That somehow we are three in one. But here I am on the beach about to have breakfast. Let's talk about breakfast a little bit. We'll get to Pete in a minute. You're with me? Okay, just hang on. Just let him over there. He's got to get all that water out of his ear anyway. The first, the first thing is we are brewing coffee here. And this is a really good roast. Now, we bragged on the mounts for allowing us to use this place. And now I want to brag on Susan and David Ward, who own and founded Buddy Brew. Okay, and this is Tanzanian blend. And that's what we're drinking this morning here on the beach, getting the sand out of my shoes. These are beans, haven't been ground yet. I'd like to see the hands of anybody who grinds their own beans at home. Bryce Lynn, you were the first hand up. And so you get to have these beans, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So I just want you to know what, what we're having for breakfast here. First thing is I got a light. Here's my grill. Here's the charcoal. And this is how I'm going to light the fire. It's a woof lighter. And you're thinking, wait a minute, you're Jesus. You should be able to just nuke them. <laughs> but see, the thing is, I've already overwhelmed them. Did you not catch the text? Kathy read it. And it said they, were, they knew it was Jesus, but they were afraid to ask. Friends, I understand it's hard for you. How, how does he make himself resurrected? How did that happen? But see, I want you to know that you are just like they. They couldn't quite get it completely because it's mysterious, but oh, it's true. And so they run to me, still not fully understanding. And you won't ever fully understand it either, but you just trust me. You trust me and we'll make that thing work out, even though we'll never completely understand a resurrection and we'll never completely understand the Trinity. What does it mean for me to be one of three? And we're having a blast, by the way. And we love you. Oh, do we love you. But back to the beach. So we're going to have a fire. I got, this is lump charcoal from my green egg, and I just didn't bring that in here this morning. It's a little <laughs> bit heavy. You follow what I'm saying? Here's a grill, and it's, it's, it's been... Oops. Sorry. Sorry, I, I lost myself there for a minute. <laughs> We're having grits. Cheese grits. Huh? What, you like that? You like cheese grits? Here we go. We're having cheese grits. Uh -oh. <laughs> I thought I had this on my buckle. Sorry. Hold, please. I'm Jesus. This shouldn't be happening. <laughs> Pete, don't go anywhere. I'll be to you in a minute. Right Cheese grits on the beach. Hold, please. Where'd my cheese go? There it is. New York sharp cheddar. Huh? Okay, that's what's going to go in the cheese grits. Here they are. These are instant grits. It's sort of a miracle. You know what I'm saying? And here I have salmon fillets because, see, these boys aren't all that good of fishermen. You know what I'm saying? So I came prepared just in case. That's what I'm trying to say here. 
Bryce, you do not get this. This is going back home with me. And oh, by the way, we're going to blacken it. You're wondering, are we going to grill it? No, we're going to blacken it. I just felt that way today. So here we are, coffee, cheese, grits, blackened fish, people that don't quite know what to do with this business about a fully human, fully divine person. But here we are on the beach. My boy, Peter. Now, what you don't know about Peter is Petros is his name, but there's a word Petra, almost like Petros. And you know what Petra means? It means rock. So for the time being, I'm going to call you Rocky. We'll do it. <laughs> so here he is. He's in the boat, has almost no clothes on, and we're really glad you put clothes on before you joined us. Okay, you with me? And he jumps in and hustles to get to the beach because he wants to see me, and I very much want to see him. And in just a minute, we're going to have a spectacular exchange. Pete and I are. Rocky, look at him. <laughs> so here we are, breakfast on the beach, and I just have a question for you. Do you smell anything familiar? Some fish. Some charcoal. See, the fish was the wrong answer. <laughs> and we did not rehearse. That's the whole point of this thing. We're, this is absolutely, we'll see what happens. Charcoal is also, in addition to fish, what you smell. Rocky, I'm going to go from messing around with you, calling you Rocky, in just a minute to call you Peter, because we're going to need to have a conversation. And it's going to be a good one, but it won't be an easy one. But just making sure everybody understands what's going on here. Right, We're about 10 days after my resurrection, and they, they literally they don't know what to do with themselves. And guess what? They have families. So you heard Kathy Reed. They went fishing. Why? Because they sort of didn't know what to do, and they were excited about having encountered Jesus, and this is the third time they've seen me, and they don't know what to do, but they also have families to feed. So they're going back to work, just like you and just like I. We work in our everyday lives, and that's where I want you to display me in your job, certainly in your family. But I want you to know that the guy Fitz who works for the church, he doesn't talk enough about working in our jobs as Jesus' agents. And oh, is that what I want you to do, right where you are. You don't have to do new stuff. Do what you do differently. You're my agent. He's going to get a dose of that in just a minute. Oh, is it going to be good? Because I love him. Rocky. How can you not like a dude named Rocky? <laughs> He's just so messed up a little bit, though. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure you knew that, that it was really important for you to hear me say to you, take me with you to work. That's what it means to be my ambassador. We do it in our jobs. So Rocky... Help me out here, man. What's up, Jesus? <laughs> What's bothering you right now? I'm hurting. I'm ashamed. I know. I turn my back. You just hang right here a minute. Here's, here's what Rocky's talking about. His night of agony, his night of agony has just returned. And guess what? right along with him. So does mine. John, the book that Kathy read from, my daughter, it, 
in John, this is chapter 21 and chapter 18, just about 10 days ago, I was arrested. I told him ahead of time, Peter, because he was all brazen, like he was. Remember what he just did? He jumped out of the boat and, and put his clothes on, then jumped into the water. He, that's what he did this day. He said, no, dude, I'll never back you. I'll never back up on you. I got you all the way to the end. But the night I was arrested, what Peter did, he was asked, hey, wait a minute. As I was being hauled in, he, somebody said to him, a, a girl, a 14-year-old said, you're one of his followers. I know you. I've seen you with him. He says, nope, no idea. I had told him he's going to say, no, I don't know him three times, and then you're going to hear cock-a-doodle-doo. And that's what happened that night. He's miserable right now. Cock-a-doodle-doo, after three times, he, one time the person says, oh, yeah, I know you know him, and you have the same Galilean accent. He said, never heard of the man. He is miserable. And I'm not going to call him Rocky anymore, not because I, I want you to know that I love you, and I want you to know that I love him, and I want that to be an, a, an easy thing, a relationship. I want it to be where you feel at home and welcome. But I have to go to where the pain is, in most people's case. So here he is. I asked him if he smelled something familiar, and I'm pointing to a bag of charcoal. Olfactory memory. The same thing was burning the night he denied me. Charcoal fire. When he smelled that when he got on the beach, his, his sensor, sensory, his, his, nose, his nose triggered the memory. And of course, I'm remembering what I went through. But notice something. It's my agony that's going to be what makes it possible for him to be rescued. That's how it had to happen. Three times. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Lord, you know that I love you. Then I have something. I have something. I have something. I have something I want you to do. Did I turn it off? Nope. I have something I want you to do. You ready? Take care of my peeps. Look at them. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then I have something for you to do. You ready? Ready. Look out for them. Tend to them. Make what they need available for them. I have another question for you. Shoot. I know this is painful. Do you love me? Lord, you know all things. Yes, you know that I love you. Take care of my people. Look at them. I love them. I want you to take care of them. Pete, you're a new man. You're released. You're restored. You're healed. That thing is over. I want you to go and do what it is that you just said you would do. Follow me. You good with that? I'm good with that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I wanted to obviously not continue to be Jesus too much longer. <laughs> but I do have some things I want to share about this spectacular conversation. 
you are not going to find a more important conversation. This is it. Because who doesn't have failures? Who doesn't have hurts and wounds? And how many times have I, have you, fallen short, bailed on Jesus? And notice what he does. He goes to the point of the pain, but for the purpose of restoration. Three times Peter says, I don't know him. And three times in this unbelievable conversation, Jesus says, do you love me? And almost hurting to have to give the third answer. But his night of agony is over. Because I went through, wait a minute, I'm not Jesus anymore. (laughs) His night of agony is over because of the agony that Jesus went through. Saving us literally from our sin, our rebellion, our inability to stay in a faithful relationship with the God who made us. That's what happened to him. And there's something really cool, but this almost cloudy words that came at the end of the text right before Kathy read, Jesus said to him, follow me. What it's saying in there is that Peter, when he was, he will not be in control of his life at the end of his life. In fact, he's going to be martyred. That's what that means. Jesus is saying to him, when you were young, you put on the clothes you wanted to put on, and you went where you wanted to go, and you came and went as you pleased. Ain't going to be that way when you're old. And he's saying to Peter, you are going to be martyred. And guess what? Peter never bailed. Never. He was martyred in 64 AD under the authority of Nero, emperor of Rome. Here's what's really awesome. The Gospel of John was written after that. The Jesus people knew that Peter held firm. When they read the Gospel of John, they knew that he had been restored and released and sent on Jesus' mission and that he never bailed again. They knew they too then could be restored. They knew they too could be ambassadors where they work and in their families. So I want you to be buoyed by knowing that the earliest followers of Jesus read about their brother, their spiritual forebear, Peter, who was deeply flawed, just like we are deeply flawed. And yet Peter was made over again new because he stayed close. And the next thing you knew, he hung on. He didn't bail. He pulled it off. Cost him his life. Here's what I think I want you to understand. Here's what God wants from you. Did you catch the questions? Do you love me? And here's what God wants. He wants us to love him. And you know what? Way down inside you, you wouldn't be here this morning if way down inside you didn't say almost maybe with emotion right now, I love him. You do. You love him. And you want to love him. And that's what God wants from you. God wants you to love him. And then God wants you to do the other thing that Peter did. And what Peter said, in effect, was, and I want what you want. I love you, Jesus. And I want what you want. We pray it when we say the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. 
But let's put it into English we can use every day. I, I love you, and I want what you want. And you know what God does? Sends us. Puts us on mission. Makes us ambassadors. Puts us out there in our regular, ordinary life. Job, family, recreation, school. And says, you now are one of mine, living and loving people the way I've loved you. That's the assignment we have. There's a problem, though. And I'm going to invite you. To, uh, the, the problem is we're listening to lies about ourselves. At the end of each row is a manila folder, and we'll just take a second and get everybody to get them out and pass, take one and pass them down. This is going to be a challenging assignment for everybody in the room. And I want you to feel challenged, and I want you to accept the assignment. I'm going to wait to say anything else until we all have it. If, if you in the back row would make sure those three people standing have one and get some to the, distribute them to the table with everybody at the soundboard and Adam and all that stuff, I want everybody to have one. Everybody. Thanks. Everybody got one? Here's the question I want you to say and uh, think about with me. What lie... What lie was Peter reciting to himself? You want to know what the answer is? Number seven. Take a peek. I am a bad person. Only a bad person does what I did. Night of agony. That's where Peter was. But guess what, friends? Coming from Jesus is the opposite no, Peter, do you love me? And when the answer is yes, then look what Jesus did. He shared his very mission. He made Peter a member of the C-suite. C-O-O. Huh? We are not going to be the, on the C-suite in Jesus' mission and ministry, but we're going to be the ambassadors where we live and where we work and where we play and where we study. And that's, what, that's what's happening here. The lie is that Peter was saying to himself in his agony, I'm just a scumbag. And here's your assignment. You can't be dispatched on mission for Jesus in your family, in your marriage, with your children, with your parents. You can't be dispatched where you work unless you have what for many of us would be a painful conversation. Jesus wants to go to where the pain is, but he will restore us. That's what he wants to do. This is just a list. There's 35 of them. What I'm asking you to do is this. I'm asking you to pick two or three or four or six of them. It's nobody else's business. It's certainly not mine. Just circle them. These are lies that I'm saying to myself. Maybe you've never even stopped to say, what kind of stuff am I saying to myself? Maybe this will prompt you a little bit to listen to what you say to yourself really important because here's the good news. Resurrection. Death is dead. Evil is dead. Brokenness is dead. Resurrection. Now it takes us a while to get there, but that's the ultimate truth. So what I want you to do is pick two or three or four or five or six of them. 
And this is the second thing I want you to do. I want you to, if you're in a life group, I just want you to blatantly, I didn't warn them, blatantly interrupt the flow, if you will, and just do this as a life group. Maybe you do that. Maybe you don't do that. Maybe you do it with your spouse. Maybe there's a personal friend who you know is a fellow follower of Jesus, and you want to just say, hey, and give them a copy of it, and do it with them, and just sit and have a great conversation. But make sure when we have this conversation, we get to the place where we hear Jesus say, I love you. Go and take care of what it is that I've put you in charge of on assignment by me. Is that not fantastic? And see, the thing is, is nobody, everybody plays. Nobody isn't qualified. Everybody plays. I like to say it this way. This is like Little League. You don't play because you got drafted. You don't play because you got a scholarship. You don't play because there were 58 football uniforms at Plant High School and you're the 59th good player. You play because you are. Little league. Everybody gets one at bat and three outs in the outfield, six outs in the outfield, whatever the rules are now. Everybody plays. You play. I play. We all play. That's what I want you to do. When you're having a conversation, it's really, this is really vital. How has God been at work? How is God at work now helping you to hear the truth and to get rid of the lie? The lie, by the way, is coming from the evil one, the father of lies. That's also in the same book that Kathy read, John, about, verse, about chapter 15. That's your assignment. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. The agony is starting to release. Do you, Lord? Yes, I love you. Do, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And then restoration and assignment. Then go and take care of my people. I'm going to pray for us. Gracious God, ooh, am I so glad, are we so glad that we get to see this conversation? It's an eyewitness account. They know how far off the beach they are. They counted the fish. Somebody was just amazed and said, wow, look at that. I wonder how many they are. And so somebody counted them. Oh, we're right in the middle of you loving us. And so there you are, gracious God, looking each one of us in the eye. And for those of us that have some pain, for those of us that have some lies that we say to ourselves, for those of us that need restoration, well, you're just looking us in the eye and saying, I want you to want me. And when we say that, you say, oh, that's fantastic, and you put us to work. We thank you, gracious God, that we can't do anything to earn any of this, that you went through your night of agony so our night of agony could end. Send us into our families, into our jobs, into our fun, into our schools, as people who walk with a lightness in our step, because we've looked at the truth about who we are, which is that you love us and you're a good, good father. That's the defining reality. And you will make over again the parts of us that don't work right and put us to work for you. We, your people, your sons and daughters, gracious God, respond with loving hearts. Amen. Stand with us as we exit. Straight.
strength arises, we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength arises, we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign. Everyone, we'll see you next time.